Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And I just want to mention to you that we are on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see us. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Like guest than a co-host. More like a guest than a co-host? Why do you say that? I mean, I just pop in and... I don't know, man. Here. Sometimes you're more like a host than a co-host. You talk more yeah. than I do in some shows. That's when I get all the ugly emails. You get ugly emails? Yeah. Tell your husband to shut up. Really? That kind of thing, yeah. Hi, I don't never see those emails. <laughs> Is that why you take a vacation every now and again? Because you get tired of the haters telling you to shut up? <laughs> nah. Well, I am happy to be here with you today, and JC is happy to be here with you today, even though he doesn't smile often. That's the only thing I ever get, JC. Your husband never smiles. Or they'll be like, yeah, JC, smile. Look at him smiling. <laughs> they must think you walk around with like a perpetual scowl on your face. JC needs Jesus. <laughs> JC got Jesus. <laughs> Well, we want to bring you the current events from a constitutional, principled, and liberty-first perspective. And I want to—I'm springing this on JC. He really gets annoyed when I spring on this. But this is a fun thing. This is like kind of the the court jester kind of. Uh, in in every Shakespearean play, there's the um, the, the comedic moment, right? Mm -hmm. So you have that aside. So uh, Mr. Yang is running for president. Oh, Andrew Yang. Andrew mm -hmm. Yang. And I love this tweet from Andrew Yang today. He said, I like to solve problems, and many of the biggest problems of this time need our government to be a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Isn't that, I mean, I, that is absolutely the Democrat perspective. You know, I, I don't believe, well, that could be the establishment Republican yeah, perspective, I too. I was like, well, I was about establishment. establishment. We talked about the establishment right. yesterday, the, right? The establishment is bipartisan. Yeah, it's, it absolutely is. It's the, the statists who think, hey, uh, we got a problem, we got a government, right? Yeah. It's it's uh, the, the government is the hammer and everything's a nail. Right. Yep. And and I I actually retweeted his his tweet with a comment and I my comment was um, uh, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders and I said <laughs> I said now you know what universal ignorance looks like <laughs> but it's seriously true I mean America was created as a limited and defined government 
so that we would have liberty through self-governance. I don't know how many times I've said this, JC, as I've been teaching. The greatest gift that our founders gave to us was the opportunity to self-govern. And our greatest condemnation today is our refusal to self-govern. And here you have, uh, you know, one of Andrew Yang's supporters come right in behind and say, Yang beats Trump. The American people want a problem solver in the White House. Trump fears Yang. I don't think Trump fears Yang. No. Uh, but the point is that I'm trying to make, there's a lot of people who think like this in America. Even Republicans who are voting for Trump think like this. Whether he should or not, I don't <laughs> think Trump actually fears anyone. Oh, right, right, right. I mean, right. even if there's someone that maybe he should. He should <laughs> yeah. That, that's yeah. not who that guy is. So yeah, yeah whatever. No. Trump, I, got, I love this problem solver in the White House. This yeah. is the thing to me. It, it's a bizarre sort of um, contradiction, I guess is the word, uh, paradox, how we have <laughs> such a self-centered culture, mm -hmm. but yet they always search for solutions elsewhere, right? No, you need a problem solver in your own house, right? Yeah. The See, guy I in think, the mirror should I be think the problem Here's solver. the problem. It's self-centered, right? But uh, responsibility shirking. Yeah, which I guess is kind of a, it's this, it's a this facet sort of, of self-centeredness. Yeah. Like if it's all about me, then I don't want to have to actually do anything. Right. I, just want, I don't want any I just accountability. Want to enjoy I want somebody to make decisions for yeah. me. That way I don't have to be responsible for the decisions. And and if anything goes bad, you know, because it's all about me. If yeah. anything goes bad, it's not my fault. It's your fault because you're a bad leader, so right? In fact, it's, you're a bad it's not, decision maker. Yeah, so thank you for the clarity. It's a fact, so it's in fact not a contradiction. No. It's an outgrowth of the self That's right, that's right. And that's, but that's this generation that we've raised up. And, you know, you, you and I have talked about it's true this. in the church, by the way. You Pardon? see the same thing in the yeah, church. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just ignore everything. You don't do anything and just, oh, God, Jesus is going to come back and just fix everything. No, wait for God's the, wait already, for the... <laughs> God has done his part. Yes. And, and he activated you to move, to go, to do. Yes. And so same kind of perspective. Right. Well, you know, you and I've had these private conversations many times. Where did we go wrong as parents? Because this is the, we're the parents of the generation that is self-centered, uh, shirks responsibility, uh, hides from accountability, wants everything done for them. You know, I, I, I went to college, so now I need to make a half a million dollars a year when I graduate because I took $200,000 in student loans and I need you to give me a job to pay that back because I lived a $200,000 lifestyle What's the old while adage? I was in college. Your lack of preparation right. <laughs> doesn't constitute an emergency on my that's part. That's right. That's right. Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte from the Christian Law Association used to say that all the time. Your lack of preparation does not create an emergency on my part. That's right. That's right. You were saying that that Trump doesn't, even though he should, might might ought to fear somebody. I, that sort of comes to mind when I think of Bolton. <laughs> Not saying he right? should. Well, yeah. So right. there's an example. There's an example. You should have right? feared that guy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I, I'm just sort of waiting. So on I, behalf of the American people, you should have feared that guy. Yeah. So the the big news today is that Trump fires or Bolton quits. Who knows? Because Trump. <laughs> 
And who cares? I don't work for Trump, so I think it's sort of outside amusing that the people who work for Trump figure out they get fired because Trump tweets that they're gone. I love it. That's so rude. I love it. That is just so rude know, of me I to like it. that. I, I don't it. even know why. I love it. Maybe You're because I fired. <laughs> Sin. Sin. I love it. That's awesome, man. <laughs> oh man, I just don't think that's right. I think that's so rude and it's so crass and it's so without You're any fine. kind of culture, you yeah. know? <laughs> I just <laughs> But the thing is is that it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I mean, seriously. Who, Bolton? Yes. Was that sarcasm? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I Did I not I have like, my what? sarcasm font on? Yeah. No, he got fired via a tweet and yeah. it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Yeah. Get that connection right. there? Okay. So when Bolton was selected, we talked about this on the show. We we're like, what? Really? Yeah. Why do you pick that guy? Why are you picking this guy? He's a war hawk. He's a neocon. He's banging the drums. Trump's always like, we need to bring the soldiers home. We need to stop these yeah. wars and we'll we bring them talk. home by we Christmas. Need we need to be diplomats. Yeah. And I mean, that's who Trump, Trump is, uses... even in the business world. He's right. the negotiator, right? Yeah. And he believes in high pressure diplomacy, yes. right? right? In other words, maximum pressure. You put right. maximum pressure on you know, your opponent, right. right? It's just the same stuff we saw with Kim right. Jong-un, whatever his name is, with right. Kim in North Korea. He's just, he's just, you know, laying the fire on the guy to get him to come to the table, to, to drive him into the negotiations. Right. So, right. you know, he may talk tough and, he, you know, he, he may, you know, pull out a hammer and smack him upside the head, but the whole, his goal is to avoid war, to avoid right. conflict, to be able to get no negotiations. So, a guy like John Bolton is exactly the opposite. He basically wants to nuke the entire planet right. and, you know, pave every country <laughs> as a parking lot for an American shopping mall. I mean, that's that's his yeah, view. And yeah. then he'd sit back and smoke a stogie and man, he would be just in paradise. Yeah. So Kill everybody. I just remember when I mean, it wasn't too long ago. When when we had the conflict and Trump's like, OK, well, how many people are going to die if we do this? And, the, and, you know, they gave him the numbers like, whoa, wait a minute. We're not we're not doing this. And yeah. then you could see the steam rolling out oh, of yeah. the ears of the, the whole people, crowd the whole upset. crowd like Bolton. Mm -hmm. They're like, what? What? They're like, we got we'll put, the, put the fingers on the but, but they, but you, it's yeah. on the button, kill dude. Him, right, right, him, right, no. You know, and I'm like, seriously, in a society, I'm I'm not your your, you know, peace, love, rock and roll kind sure. of person, right? I, I believe in self-defense. Right. I believe in securing our liberties. But but seriously, we live in a society these days where where foreign countries aren't really so far away anymore. Yeah, we're both military veterans. We both yeah. believe in the righteous use of military. You know, mm -hmm. this idea of righteous war, there are righteous reasons to use force. Um, but that's not, that's not the war hawk mentality, yeah. but everything, every, you know, the solution for everything is force invasion, you know, war bombing, this kind of thing. And the, the point of it, it doesn't matter what we believe. The point right. of it was that was in general, uh, Trump's stance. Bolton was a polar opposite of that. 
And now when all this comes about, when finally, which you, you I think you could say inevitably, the guy gets we dismissed. We said it from day one. That we were like, who, in the, here's the question. JC's like, all these reporters are asking all these questions. They're not asking the right question. No, What's they, the right who, question? They are asking, were you fired or did you resign? Yeah. Who cares? What difference does that make? And the whole point of that is their whole mission is to smear Trump. Right. So they don't serve the American public. Like right. they, they serve no uh, reasonable function to the American public. Right. We're talking about the media establishment. Right. Uh, the real question, I mean, if you really want to know something, if you really right. want the people to be informed, to me, the, the, the better question is, who put this guy in the Trump administration in the first place? What was the process by which he ended up there? Because you know, Trump didn't look around and go, hey, any, anybody seen John Bolton? That's who I'd like on my team. Yeah. No, somebody recommended him. Somebody placed him there. Yeah, he was not Trump's personality. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Hey, please don't forget, go to chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, and get your Liberty First gear. Coffee mugs, phone covers, t-shirts, hoodies, uh, leggings. We've got postcards. we got our missing stuff. we got all kinds of stuff out there. And it's uh, all to help you break the ice so that you can start the Liberty Conversation. JC and I have told many stories about the Liberty First gear and the conversations that we've had for that. So don't just pontificate. Don't just be a keyboard warrior. Get out there and, and educate. That's the whole purpose of what we're doing here is educating. Yep. So, so here's the thing about that. All right. What I was going to say. Okie dokie. The, this media is part of the deep state. Right. So therefore, they don't want to ferret out the deep state. Right. right. They, they, they wouldn't ask a question. Who, since Trump and Bolton were diametrically opposed in their worldviews, from the, from the get from day one. go. I mean, so much so that we were like. Yeah. Who put him there? That's the question. So then <laughs> when you ask that question, what? you begin to answer that question. That's when you then you start to identify the deep state operatives right. in there. So they don't want that. Right. Th again, think back the media propping up Trump and it was Trump 24 hours during the campaign because they thought this guy's a rube. We will put all of our our you know, time behind him, all our coverage on him. Right. That way we've set up this fool that'll be easy, easy for Hillary Clinton to beat. Right. Then that didn't happen. Now <laughs> that you say backfire. And then they had to adjust like, hey, well, crazy thing, because Trump didn't even think he was going to win. He wasn't even serious about running and boop, he just ended up there totally unprepared. So they have to then Put it off on him like he didn't know. No, they didn't know what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. They didn't think he was going to win. Well, That's I how think, they cover that. But I think they we've we've seen the establishments that they've shoved in his his administration. I mean, you have, first you right. had Sessions, and Sessions was gone. 
right? Uh, you have all these people that have been Comey's gone, and now uh, we have a Barr. Barr and, and Trump don't match either. Barr is another establishment statist uh, 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 establishment. I mean, he's totally big government guy, take their guns, the Constitution gets in my way kind of guy. And so I'm not going to be surprised when he goes too. So the thing that I think is funny in this whole scenario is that the establishment is losing power because they thought Trump would not have the boldness to fire these people. And now they're like, ah, and that was that whole article that we talked about yesterday about the establishment freaking out because the establishment is losing power. So you have this elitist technocrat professor talking, you know, the, the neo-sapien guy talking about how America's going to explode because the establishment is losing power and the people are too dumb to take care of themselves. It's interesting because the, the radical left doesn't, you know, they're happy about Bolton being gone. They don't like Bolton. So it, it, you know, sort of gave me the realization we're, we're sort of the, like a fourth of these parts, you know, so you have the radical left against mm -hmm. us, the left establishment against us, the right mm -hmm. establishment against us. Those who love Liberty, you know, are all in this camp over here fighting all of those guys yeah, on, yeah. on the left and the right. Right, right. So I, I want, want to talk a little bit again about the article that we did yesterday because it ties into a story that happened today. Um, what we talked about yesterday was that the, the, this elite professor freaks out the liberal left because he publishes article, gives a great speech about how America's going to die because the elite's losing power, the people are too stupid, and America has too much liberty, right? We're dying because the people are gathering too much, too many rights, and the elites don't have enough control, right? Yep. So now, I, I just couldn't believe this, right? So this this particular article says that because we have new flows of freedom of freedom of information, we have new flows of dissemination of speech. The people are learning more; they're exerting more authority over those who have. Uh, a sort of power over them, so America's going to die. Now you have the DNC issuing a resolution declaring that uh, too much religious liberty is a bad thing in America. Seriously, the whole resolution is uh, we we aren't going to have religion. Religion is evil in America. Religious liberty is evil in America. So we're going to create a DNC resolution to get rid of that. You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris N. Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. So welcome back from the Chris Ann Hall uh, to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Hey, JC, we got to keep remembering to say hello to those who are watching the Oath Keepers channel. 
watching us Monday through Friday on the Oath Keepers channel, and then on Saturday, the special Constitutional America show, 7 p.m. on the Oath Keepers channel on Roku, Apple TV, on uh, Samsung TV, Fire Stick, and there's always the fourth one. I forget. I need to write this down. Are you flashing Illuminati signs? Am I? Oh, yeah, I will. You, we're going to get those those yeah, I comments, too. I was just... moving my hands a lot, so. That's the joke in my family. Um, uh, my, I, I can't talk unless my hands are moving. And, and what, if you're not watching us on YouTube right now, you don't know that. But when I when I give speeches and I talk with my hands, we inevitably get somebody who brings up the comment <laughs> that Chris Ann is a part of the Illuminati. Just watch how her hand signals go. I'm not part of the Illuminati. If I live that... <laughs> And I'm not a reptilian either. I promise you that. So I want to talk about this because this is really, this really bothers me. I'm going to read this to you. This is the Democrat National Committee resolution regarding the religiously unaffiliated demographic. Okay. Whereas the religiously unaffiliated demographic has tripled in the last two decades, now representing 25% of the overall American population and 35% of those under the age of 30. Ah, there you go. Whereas religiously unaffiliated Americans overwhelmingly share the Democratic Party's values, with 70% voting for Democrats in 2018, 80% supporting same-sex marriages, and 61% saying immigrants make America society stronger. And whereas religiously unaffiliated demographic represents the largest religious group, hmm? <laughs> the religiously unaffiliated demographic represents the largest <laughs> religious group within the Democrat Party. <laughs> Sorry, I just, you know, I have that sort of contradiction filter that turns on in my brain. I was like, ah, what? Uh, growing from 19% to 2000, in 2007 to one in three today. So the most religious people in the Democratic Party are those who have no religion at all. Yes. 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 I, I believe that. Yes. Well, and I think, is that some kind of a recognition, even on a subconscious level, level that the humanism that they adopt is actually is religion, religion yeah. right? So don't let your science professor or your kids or grandkids science professor tell you that humanism is not a religion. Humanism yeah. is a religion. Let me give you a little brief explanation here. What is the purpose of a religion? The purpose of a religion is to, do, to explain where you came from what your purpose is while you're here, and where you go when you leave here. That's what humanism does, only they call it evolution, and they call it natural selection, right? So, uh, whereas the non-religious have often been subjected to unfair bias and exclusion in American society, particularly in the areas of politics and policymaking where assumptions of religiosity, is that actually a word, JC? religiosity have long predominated and whereas those most loudly claiming that morals values and patriotism must be defined by their particular religious views have used those religious views with misplaced claims of religious liberty to justify public policy that has threatened the civil rights and liberties of many Americans, including but not limited to the LGBT community, women, and 
ethnic and religious, non-religious minorities. And bakers, photographers. Yeah, right? Right, exactly. So, I mean, the whole thing, this religious liberty is bad. Uh, we're good. I mean, that's that's all it is. It's just DNC good, everything, not DNC bad. This is the party that booed God Yes. At their national I actually, convention. I actually, I, I actually have that up here on YouTube right now. These, uh, and I do you remember what year that was? Don't look, JC. Do you remember what year uh, that was? was? 2012. I yeah, believe. exactly. It was 2012. So I pulled up the article from the Washington Times, September 6th, 2012. The most memorable moment of the Democratic National Convention was when the delegates denied God three times from the convention floor. It was, that was a crazy scene. I remember that. They they tried to do the whole God thing. It was like, boo, wait, wait a minute. Is that what they did? It's like the people on the stage could not believe what the mm-hmm. people in the audience were doing. No, so that's that... why they did it three times. They're like, are you sure? No, wait, wait. You don't hear us, right? Are you sure? Yes, we're sure. Boo, God. That was the first sort of shot across the bow, the first realization on the part of the Democrat establishment that they have lost or are losing their party to the radical left of right. the Democrat Party. Right. I mean, it, it's it's crazy now. You know, people used to look at, like you said, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, Nancy Pelosi, radical leftist. No, Nancy Pelosi, yes, she's radical. She's a leftist, but she's part of the establishment. She, uh, she's just an arist- uh, She's just part of the aristocracy. So her, only, as- her only goal is to retain power and wealth yeah. and control for herself. But as bad as you thought that was... Yes. You know, these guys that are taking over right. the party of Nancy Pelosi. Seven are years later. Even worse. Seven years. This is where we've come in seven years. Yep. And what's interesting is is that um, John Witherspoon, John Witherspoon, one of the first presidents of Princeton University, one of the founders of America, member of the Continental Congress. Uh, hey, look. This guy said it from the get-go. He said, he said, there has never been once a matter in history where religious liberty was lost and civil liberties were retained. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Again, I don't mean to, to, to harp on this. I mean, I talk about this a lot, too. The, the right to keep and bear arms is in greater threat today than, than we've seen in a very long time. But I did actually see, I sent you... Um, the YouTube, I don't know if you got to see it, a guy named Dan Smoot mm-hmm. from 1966 giving his his presentation on the movement to disarm the people after JFK was shot. Yeah. So this is nothing new. And I can take you through history. We can show you history of the world where where people in power have always moved to disarm the people. But the thing that I've always hoped that we could drive home to the American people is the taking of the guns is the last thing that they do. It. Do you remember in the course, because I'm, I'm not quite sure that the chronology of this, but um, when the uh, revolution came in Russia, you know, they took the land from the people. Mm-hmm. When did they come and outlaw the churches in that pattern there do you remember do you it recall was early on yeah, it was the very churches early on. were attacked and torn down and pretty much replaced with with state you know puppets right um but and then you know ultimately you pretty much 
had no religion. You, right. you had to be an atheist. Well, James Madison wrote in his essay on property that liberty of conscience, which is what our religious liberty is about in America, he said liberty of conscience is the most sacred right of every human being, a natural right, because from it every other right emerges. Mm -hmm. Your liberty of conscience, if you don't have liberty of conscience, your right to believe what you want to believe and not be chastised and not be government um, persecuted and outcast, your freedom of speech is gone. You're, if, if you are enslaved in your mind, you won't speak your mind. You won't print your mind. You won't meet with other people with like minds. You won't have these conversations. You will be actually enslaved in your mind, which is the worst form of slavery because then it's self-censorship. It's the shackles that you cannot even see because you've put them on yourself. And that's what the Democrat Party wants. And I, I love how this, this resolution just really, in my mind, correct me if I'm wrong, but ties right into what this neo-sapien guy is saying. We can't let the people have too much liberty. And that's what the DNC is all about. That's what socialism is all about. This is how they've come. And I just, I just wonder, JC, can this really have a foothold in America? Are we at a point where socialism and communism really has a viable opportunity to become a majority kind of power in America? I don't know, his silence when he does that. It just, <laughs> the thing is. Not a prophet. Well, I don't know. It's not a matter of prophecy. It's I mean, a I matter just, of just reading the well, circumstances I, I see, around us. I see oh. those as tools. So just different. I don't, I just look at it differently, I think, than, than the way I hear a lot of people talk about it. And, you know, we're headed to socialism, we're headed to Marxism. Those are just mechanisms yeah. for the for the globalist, you know, the elite globalist cabal. Well, we've to, already to operated have so much like a socialist yeah, so. government already. Property taxes, socialists, you know, the their, their welfare is, system is socialists. Our progressive taxation is socialist. The licensing is socialist. All know, of these I, things. I, I don't know. I, Public the, private the, partnerships. The goal, the goal is control. Yeah. And all of these are mechanisms to achieve their ends. I think we use. The, the label socialism is used very broadly, probably too broadly, but the point is it's control. They're just, Lazy a lot of these guys are maybe. just useful idiots right? Um, being manipulated by the global elite to, to do this. Right, because the people who are pushing the narrative of democracy, they're not dumb. They know that democracies never survive, that they burn in flames. Uh, because the end goal, like you said, is not democracy where power er, comes from the people, like the unwitting, you know, unsuspecting people in America who are like, America's a democracy, give us a democracy, one vote, one voice, one vote. They think that it's the demos and kratos, the power coming from the people, when in reality, for those in power who are feeding this democracy thing, the end game is power for them and servitude for the people. Right. Because that's that's they how want it a works. Population that 
is you know easy to easier to control. That's why you hear this guy. Oh, people have too much power. That that's not a situation where these elites have the control that they want. Right. So they want a population that they can milk for their power, for their wealth, and they want to be able to to control them. It's just stunning to me when you, I mean, if you just take a look at what these people make and how much money they retire with, how can you not know there's a problem there? Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. And uh, I, when you were talking about they wanted an unsuspecting people, it really reminded me of a quote in my article at chrisannhall.com, Stolen Education, Stolen Children, Stolen Future. And uh, it, let me find this really quick, quickly. Um, this comes from the the agenda driven by those who created our education system those who created the board of Edu the general education board the carnegies the rockefellers and uh what they said was we we are looking to create an unsuspecting people who we can mold where, where traditions and knowledge that we hold to are gone and we can mold an unsuspecting, docile people into our views. And, and this has been the plan since the mid-1800s. And, you know, I, I hate to do this, but the thing is, you go back to Samuel Adams said, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. And, th and then I, you know, the, the second half of the quote is the one that I sent to Mr. Yang. Uh, but when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they'll sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. And when I did the show uh, last week or so on Gramsci, the, the Marxist who had this big plan of converting the world into Marxism, he said we have to control the organs of society. We have to control the education. We have to control the media, the newspapers. He said even in the electronic media in the early 1900s, he called them the organs of society. When we control the organs of society, we can teach people to love servitude and not even know they're in servitude. And that would be Google and Facebook and Twitter today, they're the organs of society. The education system is the organs, are the organs of society. Uh, how many people say they don't believe what's being told in the news today, yet everybody keeps watching. People keep reading. They keep repeating. People say that, that Facebook and Twitter all, um, they're all, uh, uh, what is censoring and you can't get a fair shake on these, but people are still there. And, and so that's why they're the organs of society. I like that word organ. It means you can't, if you have an organ in your body, your body is different if you take that out. And so you have to have that for a functioning body. And so when the Marxists took over 
the, the plan was start in the education system by taking over the institutions that create the textbooks, right? We don't have to take over the schools. We can take over the textbooks and then the textbooks will teach the teachers and then the teachers will teach the students and the teachers won't even know what they're teaching is our plan. You know, JC, when I've given this presentation that I have at chrisannhall.com, uh, Stolen Education, Stolen Children, Stolen Future, can you believe how we've seen teachers react yeah. in the audience? Yeah, it's pretty frightening. It is. Uh, we had one teacher actually leave. She'll correct me if I'm exaggerating. She left and went outside and, and threw up mm -hmm. because I showed them the, the very people that the teacher colleges teach them. You get a degree, a master's, a bachelor's, a, 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 a PhD in education. You know names. Thorndike, Dewey, Vont. You know these people, you know Carnegie, you know these people who are the elite of the education. They've written most of the books and they're all uh, they're all Marxists. Uh, John Dewey, not the Dewey Decimal System guy, but the father of the modern progressive education is a signer of the Humanist Manifesto. And these people changed who we are with a long-term vision beginning in the mid-1800s. And what Gramsci said was, look, we're going to do this so the people don't even realize it. Our teachers, do you agree with me, JC? Our teachers actually want to be, for the most part, want to do right by our kids. You can't be a teacher if you don't love our children and you don't want to change, you know, you want to impact them. And what, what they found when they read this article, when they have this presentation, is they're shocked at what they've actually unsuspectingly delivered on our on our children. Well, many, many teachers, no different. Many teachers coming in actually want to shape them into Marxists these days. Yeah, well. A little different now. They're the product of long-term indoctrination. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.